Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of Ghosted, an American story, written and narrated by New York Times best-selling ghostwriter Nancy French, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. This is More to the Point Radio. This is Russell Moore, President of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I'm glad to have with us today special guest Grover Norquist, who is the founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. You're no doubt familiar with Grover Norquist's work. Uh, he was the author of a, a very famous uh, tax pledge uh, that asks candidates for office to commit not to raise taxes on the American people. He also has a, a very famous uh, quote about government, that he wants it uh, small enough to drown in a bathtub. And so Grover Norquist is someone who is revered by conservatives in this country and feared by more liberal folks in this country. And I wanted Grover Norquist to join us today to talk about the issue of immigration. He has an article in the American Spectator magazine this month called Samuel Gompers versus Reagan. Grover Norquist, welcome to More to the Point Radio. Delighted to be with you. I was interested in your article because you, you talk in this article about the fact that there's this, this unusual alliance of people supporting immigration reform from us in the Southern Baptist Convention and other evangelicals to the Catholic bishops, to the Latter-day Saints, to the Chamber of Commerce, and as you put it, to an ivory soap percentage, 99 and 44 100ths of uh, conservative uh, economists in this country. Why do you think so many different groups without a whole lot in common are all saying we need immigration reform now? Well, what's interesting is if you go back and look at what differentiates the United States historically from other countries, we have lower taxes. We were taxed at 2% uh, at our revolution. We thought that was too much. At a time when Britain, which was busy oppressing us, was taxed at 20%. Uh, And immigration. I mean, those are really two things that differentiate the United States from other countries. Our country was filled by people from other places. It's what brought in people from many faiths, which is one of the reasons why we had a First Amendment that worked. Uh, People might have said, well, first choices will make everybody do it my way. That's not an option. Second choice is, let's have complete religious liberty. Uh, A lot of of what differentiates us from others flows from the fact uh, that we came from other places. We're united by a belief in the Constitution. We're not all the same color. We're not all the same religion. There are many, many differences, but we're a people of the book, the Constitution. And it's very, very, I think it shaped the country. And uh, economists understand that more people make us stronger and and richer, that we have more immigration is why we're going to be more competitive than Japan or China 
or Europe, those are countries that ordinarily you might look and say, well, those are the competitors with the United States for world leadership in terms of the economy and culture and a sense of where the world's going, except they forgot to have kids. Hmm. and they don't do immigration well. Now, sometimes in the United States, we forgot to have as many kids as perhaps we should, but we have the ability to have as many Americans uh, as we want because we run a country that people want to come to. Saudi Arabia can't decide to have twice as many people next week. The United States could, and so we can have more immigrants. We absorb immigrants well. We become Americans well in a way that doesn't happen in Japan or even Germany. What's really interesting to me is the fact here we are having this conversation about immigration. You are probably the the most significant economic conservative uh, leader in this country. Uh, I'm here as the the public policy leader of the nation's largest Protestant uh, denomination, a very socially conservative uh, organization. Uh, We're both supporting immigration reform and a whole lot of other conservatives are as well. But a lot of people think of immigration reform as a liberal issue. Uh, And in this article that you wrote for the American Spectator, you demonstrate that actually hostility to immigration is a liberal issue in this country. It it always has been, and it still is. Uh, Hostility to immigration flowed from organized labor, uh, from the left's view um, that uh, the economy was a fixed pie, that if another person showed up here that somehow we were all poorer. Those of us who uh, are people of faith and those who are economists know that, that people are an asset, they're not a liability. You know, the more people are good, and they strengthen the economy. So this is, I think, very, very important, and it links uh, economic conservatives, people who understand free market economics, and, and people of faith, and, and many people who are both, um, together against the zero population growth ethic, uh, that there's something wrong with people, that, uh, uh, that, that more people make us poorer, uh, that somehow, if you don't understand economics, if you have four people in a room and a fifth one comes in, oh my goodness, we have to divide up the amount of pie in the room. Well, except people make wealth as well as consume. And if you have a free society, more people will create more wealth and more income and more opportunities and invent more things and uh, move us forward. You know, when we were three million people in this country, we were pretty poor. You know, everybody lived on farms, and nobody had air conditioning uh, or cars. And now there are 308 million of us, and we're infinitely uh, wealthier in terms of what we create. If if more people made you poor, how come we're richer when there are 100 times as many people in the country? The socialists don't understand this. The labor union worldview that there's a fixed amount of wealth, and we have to decide how to the, the only thing in politics is to decide how to divvy it up mm-hmm. that approach uh, or the 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 anti-people view that you know people mess up the environment and we should have fewer of us those are left-wing views those are not reagan republican american conservative traditional american values what about the person who says before we have any kind of path to citizenship or path to legal status but before we deal with the immigrants that we have here now let's fix the border let's enforce the rule and let's deal with the rule of law with the people who have violated the law i hear that a lot from folks out there who are saying you know these people broke the law by coming to this country let's deal with that first well I mean, one of the things we have to keep in mind is that we have dealt with illegal immigration before successfully in this country. 
country, and you deal with it by having reasonable immigration laws. When the southern border with Mexico, there were 700,000 people a year getting arrested in the uh, 50s. Eisenhower came in and said, we're going to have a guest worker program, the Becerra program, which says if you want to come to the United States and work, and people have jobs in the United States that are looking for uh, to fill them and can't find enough Americans to do this work, they put them together, and all of a sudden a lot of people came over and worked in farming and other areas, a lot of uh, work, some of it seasonal. You know, you can't ask an American, here's a job that's only good for two months a year, but you can't have people come from overseas for a couple months a year and, uh, and, and go back home, richer than they ever were before. And then arrests dropped to 40000 a year because people who just wanted to come and work had a place to do it. When the labor unions insisted under John F. Kennedy and, and uh, Lyndon Johnson, uh, when they insisted that we stop the guest worker program, which was done, uh, you then went up to a million people a year getting arrested. So the best way to manage the border is to have a robust, serious, flexible guest worker program to make sure that when somebody just wants to come and work, has an avenue to do it, and you don't make them break the law by saying, no, you can't come in. I mean, we stand at the border with one sign that says, don't come in, and one sign that says, help wanted. What is somebody supposed to read? Which one? Hmm. I also thought it was really interesting in your article. You you gave an analogy of the speed limit. Back in the 70s, the speed limits were 55 miles an hour, and they were, they were too low. Uh, it, it just wasn't workable. And so you argue, does it make sense to go back and arrest everybody who is going faster than that or to, to change the rules and to make them, make them reasonable? Uh, I thought that was a very apt analogy. Well, I don't remember any of my conservative friends in the 1970s saying, well, there's a 55 mile an hour speed limit before we consider, which is too low and not reasonable, and nobody's paying attention to it. Before we think about reforming a speed limit and moving it to 65 or 75 or in Montana 85, the first thing we're going to do is enforce the law and make everybody who's ever sped pay a big fine and go to jail, because those are crimes. Hmm. No, we said, let's have a reasonable law and then enforce that. And we need to, to reform uh, immigration so we can have a guest worker program, so we can have high-tech stuff, so we can unify families in a way that when you have a 75-mile-an-hour speed limit for highways built for 75 miles an hour, then you can enforce the law. And then everyone realizes that guy really was going too fast. He deserves to get a mm-hmm. ticket. Uh, you want to have a, a, a reasonable immigration law, and then enforce it. Well, and as someone who's given given your life's energy to smaller government, I tell people all the time, isn't it the case that in order to round up and arrest 11 to 12 million people in this country and deport them, it would take a government so big uh, and oppressive that, that none of us would want that? That's That's why we don't do it. And why even though people who talk about wanting to do it once they realize that you have to have a police state mm. to know everything about everybody and all sorts of ID, the United States would become like one of those World War II movies where the police are always saying, papers, <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't want to 
We don't want that. And we don't have to do that in order to have secure borders. Thank you very much, Grover Norquist, founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform, for being with us to talk about the issue of immigration reform. This is Russell Moore, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I invite you to go to our website, www.erlc.com, for more resources on immigration and a thousand other issues affecting the lives of of you and your, your family and your church right now. This is More to the Point Radio. Thank you. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.